Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Mike Palmer, and myself, Dan Stratford, with you for another episode here in 2019. And on today's episode, we're looking at the CES event out in Las Vegas, formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show. They've shortened it down to CES. We've covered it each year here on the pod, and we'll dive back in here, talk about some of the winners out there, some of the bigger stories, and also tie in some talks about robots and artificial intelligence, revisit that topic. But first and foremost, I always like to check in. Brandon, how you doing? Well, I'm still here for now, uh, so I think that's good. That's before a robot comes to take my job, right? Um, and only maybe stays in my job for some period of time before people don't like it. Sure, uh, I'm here, so uh, I think let's small small victories. Um, I'm doing well, thanks, Dan. And Michael, how about yourself? Uh, I'm also doing doing well. I'm having a a, a cappuccino with some schmilk in it, mm. which is a a callback to the Wendy Zuckerman podcast. But it's the first pot, the first cappuccino I've had with uh with oat milk as opposed to uh milk milk how is it uh so far i can't really tell the difference interesting uh, so i think that's acceptable yeah right? yeah hopefully this won't be followed by a nappuccino i oh. mean at least at least during the the actual recording of the show correct yeah correct yeah, yeah. yes yes so <laughs> good luck with the the cappuccino i've never had nor seen oat milk so i would like a full report when you're when you're done uh but as we talk through here, uh, a couple of reports are also out about robots and about uh, artificial intelligence taking jobs. Another report from uh, Japan about a hotel firing half of their robot staff. We hope to get to as well. But Mike, kicking us off here around CES, uh, the winners, uh, the, the innovations that we saw, lots going on. Lots has to do with robotics. Lots have to do with uh, technology advances. What's something that piqued your interest, something that maybe uh, you can pull some adjacencies to learning and education or something that you think could be uh, turned into a discussion here on Trending in Education? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think the absence of learning products as a category at CES, I think is interesting uh, just to begin with. So starting like top level, um, you know, there are certain categories of gadgets, uh, which the Consumer Electronics Show is really about gadgets and appliances and so forth, uh, and everything is becoming smart, Internet of Things enabled. Um, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, as we were prepping for the show, we were looking for learning assets and learning products. It's surprising to me how far behind learning is uh, behind all the other more innovative uh, aspects of CES. It's a way in which, like, the fact that this is the third time we're doing this, uh, talking about the Consumer Electronics Show from a learning lens. Um, I keep waiting for somebody else to do what we're doing uh, so that we can crib off of them. And uh, it seems like the world is slow to move in this direction where like there's a lot more like technology about sleep or technology about sensors and wearables. And um, it's surprising to me the absence of the learning perspective uh, as the world is very much uh, seems to be pivoting towards self-improvement and, uh, you know, what can I do to make myself better? Um, I'm surprised, uh, first and foremost, by the absence of uh, really a learning and education lens uh, to uh, new technology and new consumer electronics, new technology. Um, so that, that's probably my, my first area of, uh, of interest. Um, I wouldn't even say concern. Um, I just think it's surprising in some ways. Uh, and I always see those surprises as a little bit of an opportunity to you know, maybe that's an opportunity for us to focus uh, on the, that. And then uh, one of these years, we're going to make it out uh, to Vegas in January. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, on, in our merch, which, which Dan, I'm looking at you here, buddy. Um, I feel like CES next year should be one of the things that you can buy. CES next year shirt, <laughs> uh, trending in education. 
Uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, just picking up on, on that for a second, Mike, and then I've got a, another point, uh, which maybe we can defer or come back to. But um, I, I, I'm, I agree. I think it's interesting. I wonder if um, a lot of the, which a lot of the gadgets, as you mentioned, were around uh, health um, and health monitoring. Um, you know, for there's a lot of heart health stuff. Uh, all of the wearables mm -hmm. are essentially to monitor health. The sleep stuff is health related. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's sort of at the vanguard for some more like core learning focused uh, gadgetry in years to come. Yes. You know, if it, learning about oneself uh, and one, I, I would say tracking, you know, your sort of biometrics is, is a learning activity in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, is uh, I think I wonder if that opens the door for more sort of introspection, um, you know, about other things that you can quantify, measure, uh, in lots of ways that we've talked about on pods past about uh, about your sort of learning scorecard. I, yeah. I wonder if that um, that portends good things for learning. And I agree, not a area of concern necessarily, but an area of interest. Yeah, um, opportunity maybe. An opportunity, yeah. Uh, people may be getting primed if you if if everyone's wearing a watch that tells them about their heart rate and, and their number of steps and everything. Like mm -hmm. it's not, it, it, the bridge is less far to them having something that is measuring their sort of learning readiness, yes. um, even from a biometric perspective, like yeah. how engaged they are, how leaned in they are, like they can get some of that same kind of feedback um, that may open the door to some, some more things. Yeah. That's I, th interesting. I think that's spot on. Cause like, to me, the, the thing we still, I think we've talked about it, but we haven't necessarily focused on it in a particular show is mindfulness. And like, I feel like that might be the entry point for yeah, the, that's right. the monitoring. So like you're already through the mindfulness movement and I call it a movement by this point, like yep. it seems like last few years has been a really renewed focus on that when you get a biometric to your point around like your, your brain, I mean, it's not even necessarily your brain, it's your whole body, like your pulse rate and your readiness to, to sort of comfortably consume new inputs uh, cognitively. Um, I think we're right on the cusp of that. Uh, you know, again, this is, this is always our Kickstarter episode too. So like if we did want to get something going yeah. around like a learning monitor uh, for next January, that's another way for us to get to CES is that we actually, launch a product right um, that at this point like that would be no less likely than the other ways <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah i but i think that's i think that's right i think there's there's um uh interesting to see where we could go based on where we've we've recently been and and we've talked about um our prediction show so i think saber learning coming. right so i think we're saying it'll be like a feather <laughs> is that your bold prediction that our prediction show is coming <laughs> predict that we will do a prediction show yeah it's good and I think last year we did it right around end of January, beginning of February. Right. So like, I feel like probably like early February, we'll do our prediction show, but maybe like we're starting to get tuned in enough that the stuff that we're tracking might signal, okay, and now we think the timing is right. The iron is hot. Uh, just are we, uh, what do you do with a hot iron? You brand something, I guess, right? Or you iron things. <laughs> you get the wrinkles out. <laughs> That's right, you're getting the wrinkles out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, but it does feel like, um, it's always interesting when you look at the consumer electronics show uh, in some ways how narrow the focus is because now it's like smart appliances like it's the internet of things and sensors right right and uh, and everything is like we were talking to a colleague of ours Kyle you know Kyle I know Kyle and Kyle was at CES we may try to get a little bit of Kyle uh, in on good. the CES yeah. show if we can otherwise we'll follow up with him later but he's talking about how there's like a smart bidet hmm 
uh, and like to me, when I heard smart bidet, I was like, does that mean it's looking for a new line of work? You know, like, <laughs> like what exactly is involved yeah. in being a smart I got to get out of this business. Oh my God. How many of the, how many of these can I deal with before I, I enter a new line of business? But like, but it is interesting how it's like a smart, whatever, uh, one of my favorite products. And I know you guys are ready to knock me for this is, uh, in the wearables category, the willow, uh, wearable breast pumps. Uh, There's no knocking. No knocking. Go no on. Knocking. There was, no there, was pre, there was pre-tape knocking. <laughs> that we're not going to talk about. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it solves a real problem. Yeah. And, uh, and the idea of wearable tech, I mean, people are trying to figure out, you know, sometimes it misses. I remember last year, I think LG famously uh, had a really dumb uh, smart refrigerator. You right. Know? So like the smart refrigerator was supposed to be amazing. And instead it was... Uh, it was choking on, on stage. <laughs> it was failing miserably, but, uh, but it's sort of that, that technology enabled versus uh, technology driven innovation. Like just cause you can make a, a, a bidet smart doesn't mean we're all desperately in need of a smart bidet. Right. But it does feel like we're wearable uh, breast pumps. I mean, the biggest problem, uh, and again, uh, I'll, I, I promise I'll get out of my, my wearing my breeder badge too predominantly, but, uh, but it is a real problem that like liberating uh, an early mom from being stuck in her home is a real problem. For sure. Absolutely. And then the idea that you can uh, breast pump while on the go and not actually both hands free, you know, like that's, it's solving a real problem. For sure. And like how many of, what are some other examples of that uh, in terms of problems that need to be solved? Absolutely. It's what I'm always fascinated by. Cause like lots of times, it's focused more on the technology and the solution. It's not necessarily focused on the problem. Um, so, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dial back my breeder-oriented uh, well, takes. But, it uh, reminds me of a, a car show or a concept car show. A lot of the times, it's not necessarily these actionable things that people are gonna go out and buy. And I think Wired had a very good article of gadgets you can actually buy today from CES, like things that you could go out and purchase or get into your life. And that's more interesting to me than necessarily what. A, a theory on something like the the failure of the smart uh, refrigerator, though you do see them cropping up more and more if you go to a, a hardware store or a, a furniture store. Uh, I There are a couple of things I found really intriguing. There was one, the Harry Potter Kano wand. We actually bought my oldest daughter this year, which was one of the innovations that got uh, uh, recognized out there. It's very cool. Um, so it is a learning device where you put the wand together and then with a the tablet, you teach the, the child how to code on the tablet and they get to do the actual spells from Harry Potter and, and it mimics it on, on the uh, tablet. The other one that you just talked about wearables, um, I'm trying to find the write up on it was almost a, a an echo skeleton for the legs. Uh, yes. That was uh, both, you know, the idea of the military to, uh, you know, make sure uh, to protect the legs of military members, make them even stronger. But also to your point, Mike, how can this help people? You think of, folks who need help walking, uh, folks who are trying to learn how to walk again off spinal injuries. That to me was one of those like aha moments of, yes, this is awesome. Like this is what this should be all about. Um, and we can learn from this and maybe move forward. Uh, maybe it can become a consumer product someday for people who need help. Brent, anything stand out to you? Anything that when you're doing your research, uh, reading through the, the innovations that were recognized that you do think has a chance to be a product you'd buy someday or one that could be helpful to, to, the, to the masses out there? Yeah, I'll answer that question one second. I, I did want to say it was interesting, Mike, your take, and I think you're right, um, that how narrow this actually is. 
I coming in, one of my takes is going to be how broad actually mm-hmm. this is. And, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking about the, um, there was the, I think an Engadget uh, article with the uh, best of yep. uh, lots yep. of different categories. Um, you know, there was a, uh, a semi truck tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was uh, sort of having a level two driver assist we, we've talked about before, but that's now in a, an actual semi truck that's going to be on the road. Um, the Impossible Burger uh, yes, 2.0, yes. Right. which is just a, a new, like that's, that's almost tech free. It's tech used to make it, but right. um, you know, that's, a, that's an edible yeah. product. And, and umami, it tastes good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, and uh, there was a, you know, a bread machine, something that yes. produces bread yes. Uh, yes. at uh, 12 loaves an hour or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's both true that it's broad and narrow, right? right? It's like the application of smart to X, right? Mm-hmm. Is um, like, that's true of, of at least two of those three uh, examples I just gave, but yeah. like the X is pretty broad. So right. there's, you know, this is, I think it's probably the largest trade show in America. Um, and so not surprisingly, it's not just about robots, although I do want to come back to robots. We're going to get there. Um, but uh, but I thought it was it was interesting. You know, you've got both both a hamburger and a tractor trailer. Like those are um, uh, are the the is it called the tra- that's, that's the thing that that drives the thing. Yeah, yeah. Tra- is it the tractor? Uh, it's like the the cab. Maybe? Yeah, the yeah, cab. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I watched so, a lot of BJ and the Bear growing <laughs> up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, you know those are uh, those are those are pretty broad. Um, sure. In terms of the question you asked Dan about, uh, there are things that I would that I would buy. I mean, I think that. Um, some of the, you know, the, the household stuff around uh, audio systems or uh, like the smart alarm clock. I think those are pretty interesting. Yes. And those are shippable. Pro- those are products that ship today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, there's um, one, I'm going to forget the, the brand um, that did the, like the, it's the bendable tablet, mm-hmm. right? Um, that uh, then doubles as a smartphone when you can literally bend it in half. Yeah. I, I think that so th- this is a, interpretation of the question you asked Dan, but like, I think that technology, if they can really make truly pliable um, uh, product like that, that enables wearables for more than just your wrist. So there's, there's the whole um, assisting people who, you know, need assistance. Mm -hmm. I think that's already a shippable category. That's interesting, but you know, I I have sort of sci-fi future, but I imagine that you're wearing you know, like armlets or leglets or whatever that have, uh, that are tech enabled that either capture energy or Mm -hmm. are doing something related to your locomotion that I think is going to be really interesting. It comes back, Brandon, smart dust. I, yeah, I was, was going to go there, Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smart dust, it's going to happen. Well, admittedly, smart dust is your everything for exactly. anything. But, um, but I, I think the, um, you know, just thinking about getting that into into fiber, there's like haptic right. uh, applications of it. I I think we're not once you can start literally bending your cell phone or your tablet in half and putting it in your pocket and sitting down on it and not worrying about breaking, you're not that far from me being able to have that technology embedded into your actual clothing Darn. and uh, or instead of clothing as you know something you might wear instead. I think that's I think that's interesting. That's yeah. not today, mm-hmm. but that may not be too many tomorrow's away. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think and. Uh, getting back to the the point about sensors uh which was one of the main main themes and i definitely want to get into the robots but like sensor technology is taking off and like if you're talking thematically about uh the consumer electronics show what was most interesting outside of like the traditional uh home electronics like so tvs are getting better uh the the lg uh tv sound uh that that 
fits into the sound bar. Uh, so like a retractable TV. Um, that seemed really cool too, to me, both as a, as that's something I would buy. Uh, and it's also uh, seems to pick up on the theme of screens as a, an intrusion. So like if you can hide the screen behind the sound bar uh, and then also ties to the, the prevalence of the sound bars and audio uh, and immersive audio as a theme, I think that is really yeah. interesting uh, for us as a, as a, a podcast uh, and then also folks who have talked about the power of audio as sort of an, another uh, dimension or uh, mode uh, to deliver content. Um, but to me, the thing that was most uh, like at a macro level, most interesting is just the profusion of sensors and the idea that those sensors haven't yet cracked the cranial nut, uh, so to speak. So that like, like what kind of brainwave activity can we pick up on, which I know was like the, the provenance of uh, charlatans back in the day, but, uh, but it does feel like we actually are emitting energy when we sure. think. And if there are ways for us to tap into that without, I know you're on board with, uh, you know, breaking. Plug it in, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> but for those break, of us. Break the skin. I'll wear a hat. I'll wear a hat that nah, will, will, will measure my brain. I want activity. a Neuralink right into my skull. But it would be pretty amazing. Even before you can download the information, if it's more to your previous point, but where it's just like your, your ability to, to maximally consume new cognitive inputs. Um, and then almost like, you know, your alarm goes off and it's like, learn now. You know, yeah. like something like that. Uh, we got to be right on the cusp of it. it I think. It, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's also to uh, Brandon what you're saying before about uh, the idea of track uh, wearables and tracking and, and learning. Can we do the same? And this may be the bridge too far for me from a technology and invasive standpoint. But can teachers tap into technology with their students? Like Mike saying, can we track the brain waves? Are students connecting with the information the teacher is giving to them? Are they stimulated with the the discussion in classroom, or are they not? And can teachers start to pick up patterns and pick up better ways to teach uh, as we move forward would be really intriguing. Micah, you use the phrase all the time, technology enabled rather than technology driven uh, would be really uh, int intriguing there. Um, that idea is interesting too, Dan, like where like, is it at an individual level or at the aggregate level? Right. Cause like, otherwise I think you might be like, okay, uh, Dan, you need to walk outside for a little while, but Brandon, you're ready to learn right now. You know, like, so like, sure. Not how often can the entire class, sync up so that they're all ready for the same type of activity at the same time um, is really interesting. And, and uh, you know, on the this just in uh, side too, like it does sound like a lot of the, the teacher uh, powered work stoppages are now approaching some sort of resolution, which, which is interesting. And that's something for us to, to track. But imagine if as part of that collective action, they were asking for uh, brain monitors uh, for for all of their classrooms. Uh, maybe that could allow them to support bigger class sizes. I think probably. I think that was on the collective bargaining list. <laughs> yeah, there, there's an interesting thing, and I, I next want to talk about robots. So I'm yeah, gonna say we're, 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 we're almost done robots. not talking about robots. I can't wait until we're done talking about not robots. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's um, – I think there's some interesting uh, implications for dashboarding around all this. Right. So like the more we can measure, mm -hmm. the more important that becomes, because what none of these things do is, at least that I've seen yet, is give you more time. Like I get that they're giving you time back in your life by making things easier, but like your, your life is however long it's going to be. And maybe yep. it's longer because you have monitored your body and leave a, lead a healthier life, et cetera. But, you know, I, I think it would be a bummer if you spent 
significantly, uh, a significant part of your life monitoring inputs from your life rather yes. than like right. going yes. out and enjoying that next experience, having a conversation with a friend or family member. Yep. Like you're like checking your, your vitals. Like, yes. boy, what a boring bunch of people will be if like we're always excusing ourselves to go check our vitals. Yeah. So I, I think like the dashboarding and, and um, quick signs on that is going to be is going to need to be really important. Yeah, I, I really like that too, in that uh, a lot of it seems to be from the perspective of risk management as opposed to opportunity management. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, how likely am I to have a stroke? And it's like, oh, crap, like, I might have a stroke. Like, <laughs> I wasn't worried about that. Right. But now that I can monitor this, oh, thank you for letting me be anxious about something. Sure. But if instead it's more like, you know, get to know your own rhythms and try to tap into when you're most able to kind of unlock something new in yourself. Yep. I'm excited to see where that goes. Me too. And, I, and I was, I was surprised how much the sensing, even around sleep, it does seem like it's like, it's basically like they want to get everybody like sleep apnea <laughs> apparatus. Yeah. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Cause it's not really about trying to optimize your sleep. It's right. more about, Oh, you actually have a sleep problem. Let's For sure. get you to fix it. Like, how do we sort of reposition that as more of a... Well, the extensibility of those sleep monitoring devices is selling you corrective sleep aids, exactly. right? So, like, there's a definite hand-holding in those two industries. And that's kind of the next level on the consumer electronics show, too, because, like, ultimately, it's about... It's about crap they can sell us. Right. I mean, it's the consumer part is like in, implied. It's not like the yeah. social good electronic show. Right. 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 So I got to talk about bots. Let's do it. So um, there are a couple bots that were winners here. Um, I, I, I won't talk about all the bots, but the two bots that I want to talk about. So this Samsung Bot Care, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically something that measures your family's health. So including things we've talked about. So someone, you know, uh, sleep, um, you know, some of the things like blood pressure, heart rate, it can, it can determine if someone's fallen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think in, a, in an aging population and, and you know, with uh, elderly care being something that is um, one, more prevalent and two, unregulated and three, not easy for all the reasons, that's really, that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. It's also a really cute bot. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, like it has a digital display that makes yeah. it look almost like a face, at uh -huh. least as I anthropomorphized it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... Uh, the, the sort of um, pleasing sophistication of, of how these robots are built, that's going to be important. Like, yeah. I, I, I like how it looks. Therefore, I'm more likely to have it in my home. Right. Um, the other one, quickly, and then I'll stop talking about robots just for one minute while I listen yeah, while, to someone while, else while talk, about, talk robots, about robots, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the UbTech, um, UbTech, UbTech, I say potato, um, Walker. So this is this is uh, the second year that that this has been at CES, and a big uh, advancement in this. This is a walking robot. This is a, this is a you know I said anthropomorphized. This is an anthropomorphic, two-legged, two-armed, uh, one-headed robot walking around, um, and uh, it's it's like we're almost there. We've been talking about robot butlers. Yes. Like we are so close. Yes. I think that there may be a robot butler in our future yes. in this workspace yes. in the next 24 months. Let's do it. Like, and it's, it's going to have limited application. Sure. Um, it's most important 
job to be done will be make us feel like we work in a cool place. Yes. The second most important thing is it will be able to like get us milk. Yes. Uh, schmilk even. Schmilk's even. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's it limited, but uh, I'm really excited. It's coming. It's coming soon. And and it reminds me very much of the Uncanny Valley, which we've talked about on a couple different shows, but. Um, those robots, robots still look like robots. Mm -hmm. And that's not because they can't look more like people. It's more because uh, we are freaked out by robots that look too much like people. But if they have like LED eyes that emote almost in a cartoony caricature-ish way. They stay out of the valley. They stay out of the valley, but they still are evoking some sort of, it's almost like the, the, uh, the equivalent of like a, an emoji. Like if, if like the, the robot has an emoji style face, like that, that's the stuff that's really interesting. We prefer that. We prefer it. Yeah. And then the whole Uncanny Valley, just for those who haven't listened, you should listen to our-, our What have you been doing? Yeah, yeah. We did a show on the Uncanny Valley and we did a show on the second Uncanny Valley, uh, which is when humans start to behave like robots, which is also interesting. But, uh, but the idea that uh, as the robot starts to look more human- they start to freak us out. Yeah. And in fact, when we did our Westworld show, we also talked about the Uncanny Valley and the Valley Beyond. Basically, we've only talked about the Uncanny Valley. Like, if you go back to any of the back catalog, there's going to be some Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, but it is interesting when, yeah. we, when we talk about robots to this extent and like the emotional design of the robot is interesting because uh, the, the, you know, the, the advanced robotics nowadays could really start to get close to uh, data from Star Trek. Right. But there's, they're, purposefully in some cases they're trying i think sonia is the one that's out there that actually looks sophia i think is the one that's out there that was in like like this big uh conference in saudi arabia i remember where like there was like a robot talking oh uh, yep yep freaking freaking me out because she she looked like like a creepy robot yeah that was the uncanny valley but it is the emotional design to your point of our robot butlers is gonna start getting really good because like because the concept of the uncanny valley is there so like if, if our, we need, what we need to name with like Jeeves, I'll call him Jeeves for now. Just for now. But like if Jeeves like rolled in here uh, with like uh, Frappuccinos for us right now, uh, he would not look human. Right. And that would actually be so much better comforting yeah. for us. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the whole, uh, the whole robot, uh, r the robot action that's happening now is interesting. And then the related article we wanted to talk about, Dan, was that there were, there now are, in addition to, to Robocon, who we've talked about again, uh, pour one out, get out our back catalog to, if you want to learn some uh, to Robocon, but uh, to Robocon, it was an example of a test prep robot who uh, became uh, obsolescent slash obsolete. Now that's also happening in Japan again, this time with, <laughs> there was a robot hotel. Yeah. Bad job by us not covering the robot. I hotel. know. I can't believe we haven't done this. But now they've laid off. They laid off the, the Raptor housekeeping, or like, yeah. like it's like, it's it, not just the dinosaurs. So no, it's, yes, it's so there's right. Churi. Yes. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. C H U R I. Yes. That was the really anthropomorphic uh, woman who was um, like a front desk assistant. Yes. yes. Uh, they laid her off too. Yeah. <laughs> she so, kept so, on. Yeah. She kept on like to the point where it's creeps you out she was like going to uh up to guests and interrupting them yeah right which right. is so that's like a she's a rude dude it's awkward and um there was one uh that kept uh going to one of the guests who was snoring and kept waking him up and saying i'm sorry i didn't get that can i help you with something <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I like that there's this hotel that is, so it laid off half of the robotic workforce, right. which means there's, there's half of the robotic workforce. Right. I'm, not, I'm not that good at math, but I think if you lay off half, you've still got half left. Right. So they, they aren't all out of business. No. And, uh, and it does make me wonder about, I mean, we we're advocating for teachers. We haven't yet decided to advocate for robots, but Do they unionize? Are, yeah. collective action, right? And like, Collective action by robots is a recurring science fiction theme. Yep. Uh, thus far, they haven't been organized, uh, but uh, but it's that's also got to be a matter of time, right? That 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 is what the science fiction uh, movies definitely tell us. There was another article that that was out, or at least a, a report from the Brookings Institution, uh, that roughly 36 million American jobs with high exposure to automation uh, also read p- potentially as robots. There, uh, so another sort of. Uh, not sky is falling, but be aware that you need to upskill, keep the learning moving forward, continually try to advance your career to try to stave off being eliminated by the, the robots that are coming. Uh, a great story, the, the Japan story, I'll share it on Twitter, uh, is, a, is a great one about the, uh, the hotel there. As we continue here, Mike, closing out this episode, CES, robots, AI, what's what do you want to see next at CS? like what what do you want to see happen is it an education lane is it specifically something about learning or is there a technology that you're hoping to see more of at at CS next year yeah maybe taking that in a slightly different direction i think ces may have jumped the shark a bit where like the gadgetry of it it'll still have a place but the idea that it's going to be these sort of separate external consumable items that are really the holy grail. I do feel like we're starting to feel that counter push. And um, if you talk about mindfulness, or you talk about, uh, you know, sort of escaping screens, um, I think that movement is going to increase. So I think CES is is likely going to have to go through a bit of some growing pains, I think, to start to respond to some of these reactions. Although at the end of the day, these companies are still going to stay in business by selling their wares. So I imagine they'll be fine. I'd be curious to see who's able to start to land on the other side of uh, really removing clutter, simplifying, uh, getting, you know, having technology that is hideable, uh, getting back to the LG TV. Um, So give me time to be in a place that is free of uh, just noise and free of technical junk. Uh, Because otherwise, you know, like if I imagine if I've been going to CES for the last 20 years, I would have so much crap in my house. I've said crap like three times in this show. <laughs> Make the fourth. Yes, yeah, four, four. Yeah, but uh, but I think I'm curious to see when the counter movement, obviously beyond just learning, right? Um, when is the counter movement towards simplification and uh, clutter clearing, tidying? Uh, like, how is that actually going to begin to? be informed by this maybe we just need really good uh, robot butlers yeah i mean like tidying is definitely in the wheelhouse of robot butlers like that's what you have the robot butler to do i want to buy a robot butler yes for less than a thousand dollars i think that's that's in scope right so that that's when i you you didn't ask me the question but that's what i want i want a robot butler yeah it doesn't have to be tall like it needs to get stuff out of the fridge it's gonna be really small it's fine i mean it can't be so small unless it's very good at jumping can it be (laughs) can it be like a smart dog uh, because there's pets yeah i'm more into people um but what jump why, wait, why does it need to jump? Why does your robot butler need to be able to jump? Dang, it either it's needs tiny. to be big enough that it can open the fridge and get me something from the fridge, or it needs to be really good at jumping. 
Like it's a retractable long. arm or a stretchable arm. Like a, it's like the vertical leap test. Could have go, go gadget arm. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. I want to. I want to see the combine uh, <laughs> uh, numbers on this. This robot, robot butler. I would watch a robot combine. Separate. Separate topic. Wouldn't you watch a robot basically anything like? Well, robot sports is totally going to happen. For sure. It's already happening. Battlebots, but like yeah. that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I want, Dan. Um, okay. uh, CES next year. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Sign us up. I appreciate Mike saying that it was within scope. So we're already uh, halfway yeah. there. So we will uh, tackle that uh, in 2019 uh, and uh, into 2020 of January. We'll, we'll see where we land at CES in 2020. Uh, great episode. Uh, you can always find more from us over on uh, Twitter and on Facebook at Trending and Ed, uh, trendingandeducation.com. And Podbean is our host site for audio. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, across all the podcasting apps. Back with you next week with a brand new episode of Trending in Education. Thank you.